All right, 2 Chronicles chapter number 34. You can keep your seat tonight. Uh, the Bible says here in 2 Chronicles chapter number 34, verse number 14, And when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah delivered the book to Shaphan. And Shaphan carried the book to the king and brought the king word back again, saying, All that was committed to thy servants, they do it. And they have gathered together the money that was found in the house of the Lord and have delivered it into the hand of the overseers and to the hand of the workmen. Then Shaphan the scribe told the king, saying, Hilkiah the priest hath given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king, and it came to pass, and the king had heard the words of the law, that he rent his clothes. And the king commanded Hilkiah and Hakam the son of Shaphan and Abdon the son of Micah and Shaphan the scribe and Isaiah a servant of the king's, uh, kings saying go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found for great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. Heavenly Father, help us now. We do ask and pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, as we mentioned this morning, as we started through this uh, chapter, that we found a young man by the name of Josiah who started his uh, kingship or was placed on the throne uh, at eight years of age. And then we found in verse 3 that in the eighth year of his reign, he was yet young, and he began to seek after the God of David, his father. His father. So there was obviously some things in his history, some things in his past that caused him to, if nothing else, but by tradition, point himself, try to seek the things of God. And we find here that the Bible says that in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. So we find that uh, 16 years of age, he is uh, at the place where he's seeking after God. 20 years of age, he's beginning to purge Judah uh, and Jerusalem. Then he gets down, we get down here into uh, verse number 8, and we see that he was 26 years old. Uh, and now in the 18th year of his reign, when he had purged the land in the house, he sent Shaphan, the son of Azaliah, uh, and Messiah, the governor of the city, and uh, Joah, the son of Joahaz, the recorder, to repair the house of the Lord his God. And so we find here these verses uh, are leading us into this uh, repairing, if you will, of the temple. And when we started out this morning, we were talking about uh, the reformation that had started. That uh, we see that Josiah was trying to do what he thought was right. And there are people today, no doubt, that are attempting to do what they think is right. As a matter of fact, I think everybody worldwide is doing what they think is right. The problem is they are doing what they think is right in the sight of their own eyes. And even in the house of God today, you can find people who are trying to do things that they think are right, but they're trying to do it based upon their ideas and their understanding. Uh, and, uh, and if you do it in the sight of your own eyes, we know that uh, mistakes are bound to happen. But then we see a restoration process taking place. And uh, we know here that Josiah is doing this because he's convinced that he is right in what he's doing. 
We see that he started out trying to do what he thought was right. Now he's doing what he, he knows to do because he's convinced that he's right. Uh, then we find over here that in uh, verses 14 through 18 that, uh, that uh, we find that the book of the law is found. The Bible says in verse 14, when they brought out the money that was brought into the house of the Lord, Hilkiah the priest found the book of the law of the Lord given by Moses. And Hilkiah answered and said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book. So when they found the book and they brought the book, as the Bible says in verse 16, that Shaphan carried the book to the king, we understand that in uh, verse 18 that Shaphan the scribe told the king about the book. He said, saying, Hilkiah the priest has given me a book. And Shaphan read it before the king. And it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. And we, we talked this morning about how he was grieved and how in his mind he, there was anguish and mental pain because he understood by reading the law and having the word of God read in his hearing, it revealed to him a void and a thing, some things that were wrong, some things that were missed, actually, to be honest with you, a lifetime had been lived by Josiah, and he had not been living his life in an entirety of his life based upon the law or the word of God. And it, it, it caused some things to happen. And the first thing it done was the, the utter, the sheer fact that this is such uh, a word that was so different and so uh, unlike anything he'd ever heard before caused him to go into a state of mental panic, if you will. And so the Bible says in verse 19, it came to pass when the king had heard the words of the law that he rent his clothes. So he went from trying to do what he thought was right, he went from doing uh, what he was convinced was right, that we find that he is now discovering what is right, and now we're understanding here that he's going to have to do something about it. He sees that there's some things in his life that he needs to get right. All right, and so what a progression. Isn't that something to go from doing something because you're trying to do right to being convinced that you're right uh, to, to having to discover what truly is right? See, he didn't even know what was right. He was just going on a wing and a whim and, and a little bit of what he knew about the past, you know. And so he's discovering what is right, and now he's discovering that he needs to get right because there is a problem. The Word of God will reveal to you problems in your life. The Word of God will reveal to you problems in your home. The Word of God will reveal to you problems in your church. The Word of God is a word that will reveal problems that need to be addressed and need to be fixed. Okay, so we see that there was a reformation, a restoration. We found that there was a revelation. Then we find that there is recognition. He has recognized that all the way up until this point, his attempting to do what he thought was right wasn't quite enough. There was a whole lot more to be understood, a whole lot more uh, to be considered, and so he rent his clothes in anguish. What a day it would be if we could hear the Word of God and have such an effect on us that it caused us to rent, rend our clothes because of the anguish that we found uh, in our life because of what we've discovered in our life being so contrary to the Word of God and the need to get that fixed. That's where, that's where uh, we're at right here. Listen. The Bible says here uh, that in verse 20, And the king commanded Hilkiah, and Ahikam the son of Shaphan, and Abdon the son of Micah, and Shaphan the scribe, 
And Isaiah, a servant of the king, saying, Go, inquire of the Lord. So the king commanded. He didn't ask. He did not suggest. He's in such a state by this revelation, uh, this, this recognition, that he is wanting to find out some more about what's going on. So here's what's happened. Not only is he discovered the law, but now he's trying to figure out how this law and the word of God that's been neglected is going to affect him. So let's say, and I will say this, when you find that you've gone against the word of God, understand it's going to affect you. It's not only going to affect you, it's going to affect your whole little world that you live in and those that are surrounded by you in that little world. And so what I want you to see is the Bible says here, go inquire of the Lord for me. So we have found a reformation, a restoration, a revelation. Then there's recognition, but I'm thankful that there's reaction. There is some reaction here. Just because there's recognition, it isn't enough. There has to be a reaction. His reaction is to go find out some more. He says, go inquire of the Lord for me, but I like this. He don't just say, go inquire of the Lord for me. He says, and for them. Go, go inquire for me. Go inquire for them that are left in Israel and in Judah. So I want to know how this is going to affect me. But not only that, but I want to know how it's going to affect others. Listen, when you get to the place where uh, the word of God is revealed to you, and then you have to recognize the situation for what it is. I'll bless God, I'll say this, when the Lord does a work in your heart and in your life, you'll become as such to where you are not just concerned about yourself, but you become concerned about the situation of others. All the way through here, we get to the place in verse 21 where he says, uh, he says, Go inquire the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. In other words, everything that was going on right now was revolving around what he had discovered and heard in the Word of God. There are some things in the Word of God today that would cause you and I to stop and, have, and disbelieve if we would actually consider what it is that the Bible has saved us and the severity of some of these scriptures, okay? So there's a desire not only here uh, for him to be right, but there was a desire for, for others to who are right. You say, what do you mean? How's that so? Well, what's he doing here? He says, go inquire of the Lord for me and for them that are left in Israel and in Judah concerning the words of the book that is found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is poured out upon us because our fathers have not kept the word of the Lord to do after all that is written in this book. And Hilkiah and they uh, that the king had appointed went to Ahilda, the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvath, the son of Ahasra, keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelled in Jerusalem in the college and they spoke to her to that effect. Now here's what I want you to take notice of. This is a man that's had a plan all along. This is a man that thought he was doing everything right, trying to do what he thought was right. Doing it because he was convinced he was right. Now we get to the place where he's having to discern what is right. He discovers that he needs to get right. And now we see that there's a desire for others who are right. He is now seeking counsel for those that know something about the Word of God and how to get a hold of God when he didn't know how. He's seeking some help. He's wanting the help. Do you see the transition here? There's a lot of people who don't want the help. He is wanting the help. The word of God is revealed to him that this God is a God of judgment.
judgment. He has a law. He has some things that he is desiring of them. And he is scared now. He's worried because with, with this knowledge comes responsibility. And so he knows, being the king of Judah, that he is responsible for making sure that the things that God is ordering gets accomplished. So it'd be good to find out all that he can find out about what's going to happen. It'd be good for you and I to be so concerned about the judgment day, so concerned about what God's expecting out of us, so concerned about a people that Jesus Christ is willing to shed his blood for, that we would seek to know all that we could about what God has for the church and for us in our lives personally. All right? And so the Bible says here, uh, the Bible says in Hilkiah, and, uh, and they that the king had appointed went to Huldah the prophetess, the wife of Shalom, the son of Tikvath, the son of Hasher, a keeper of the wardrobe. Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect, and she answered them, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, Tell ye the man that sent you to me, Thus saith the Lord. I want you to notice, she did not say, Go tell the king. Notice that. Why not? I don't even think that when Hilkiah and those that were appointed went down there, they was concerned about him being the king. Him being a king wasn't even on the forefront of their mind. He wasn't concerned about his position either. He didn't care. What he wanted to know is what God was going to do. God became the center of attention. Now the Lord has a way of making himself the center of attention in our lives. But said, Thus saith the Lord, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah, because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be so the first thing we want to notice tonight is that there was indeed a reaction to the recognition. We see a revelation, we see a recognition, we see a reaction to this. In this reaction, there's a desire for others who are right. He's trying to get a hold of somebody that knows what's going on. You and I need to be surrounding ourselves with people that are like-minded, that are also concerned about the things of God. So there was a reaction, but notice the reverence, if you will. Now, let me give you the definition of reverence. Reverence is fear mingled with respect and esteem. Respect is to regard. So we see a reaction, a desire for others who are right. Now we see a reverence. Uh, there's a, a danger of not being right. See, he's realizing that he didn't realize. Notice that, if you will. All this time, he is trying to do what he thought was right. All this time, he was convinced he was right. But now, he's having to discover what is right. He's discovering that he needed to get right. He has a reaction, and this reaction that he has is causing a reverence because of the things that he heard. And the reverence, we understand, comes because there's a danger of not being right. He is realizing what he did not realize all along. He's starting to understand with a Marvin how close he was to a dangerous situation. I mean to be right on the edge of this dangerous situation of being in a land and being so against the things of God and not to even realize it. But now the revelation has come. 
Boy, I can look back on some times in my life and think how close I was to being uh, in a serious situation with my Lord and Savior. But through the revelation and through recognition, He gave me the opportunity to do something about it. And I thank God for that opportunity, but we see a reverence here. He has been, uh, he's been right up next to the judgment of God. Can I say, he didn't have enough sense to fear God fully. Listen to me now. You and I don't have enough sense to fear God fully. But if we get in his word, his word will reveal to us the severity of the Lord that we serve. All right? All right, so he didn't have enough sense to fear God until he got in the book. The book scared him. Now, I want you to think about that. He didn't get scared until he got in the book. The book caused him to have a, a reverence, if you will, for the things of God. The book essentially done this, Brother Shane. It instilled fear into Josiah. The Word of God is full of great truths. I thank God that uh, His mercy is new every morning. I thank God that He's faithful. I thank God that He loved me for the blood that was shed, but His book does instill fear into my heart. Proverbs 9.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the holy is understanding. Oh, oh, Josiah was just now starting to gain a little wisdom because he started understanding what it was that the book was saying to him. Now, wisdom is the right use or exercise of knowledge. Well, he was doing all the way up to this point what he thought was right, but he thought it was right. Now he knows what's right. Can I say this to you tonight? We don't have to guess what's right. We don't have to walk around twiddling our thumbs with a big question mark over everything we do trying to decide if it's right or wrong. The Word of God will help us figure that out. And so we need to understand that and we need to be careful uh, today uh, to reverence Him, to have a good, a healthy dose of fear in the Lord. So we see His reaction. We see His reverence. And the dangers of not being right with God. It put, put, put fear in his life. But then we see here the response that the Lord has. See, I want you to notice this. There was a reaction that had to take place when, uh, when Josiah heard the word of God. So there's a, there's a reaction that you and I have to have. We have to do something with what we hear. But notice that it's not just man that has to react, but it's God who also responds. So how is God responding to your reaction? See, the Word of God goes out and it requires a reaction. Now you have to make a decision what you will do with it. But I will say this, God responds based upon your reaction. So let's look at that if, I, if we can. I will say this, God deals with wrong and right. Let's look, at the, let's look at this in a little closer detail here. Thus saith the Lord, verse 24, Behold, I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof, even all the curses that are written in the book which they have read before the king of Judah, because, now, now we understand why, because they have forsaken me, and have burned incense unto other gods, that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. So, this is what the word is, is now. We, we know that Josiah has inquired. 
And now we're getting a word, and this word is to be sent back to Josiah. And the word that, that he's fixing to get back, now he's sitting here in fear, right? He's concerned because he's read some things that have instilled fear in his life. And we understand that the, there is going to be judgment. I will bring evil upon this place and upon the inhabitants thereof. And all the curses that are written in the book because they have forsaken me. Now what he's going to do, he's going to do not because he's an unjust God. Not because he's a mean or a bad God. But because he's a holy God. And because he's holy, there's some things that man has done in their lack of reverence to what he had to say. And now he's going to pass judgment. So we see here that, that Josiah has a reaction. We see that the reaction is reverence. The word of God has instilled fear in him. And because it's instilled fear in him, he is now seeking uh, those who are right with the Lord. And so there's a response that God has. And I want you to see that this response is restitution. Now, we understand here uh, that he will discipline those who are not right. So Acts 3 and 20 says, And he shall send Jesus Christ, which before was preached unto you, whom the heaven must receive until the time, times of restitution of all things which God has spoken by the mouth of all his holy prophets, since the world began. Let me tell you what restitution is. Restitution is the act of returning or restoring to a person something or right of which he uh, has been unjustly deprived. He left a word and he wanted his word to be honored. And mankind disregarded it, see. It come, let me tell you what caused this. What's got them in this predicament is they simply quit giving reverence and regard to God's word. Do you see how simple this little situation started out, but how complex and how bad it was turning out? This is what happens when mankind decides that they can disregard what God has to say about something. The Bible uh, is, is, a, is a, a book that is disregarded a great deal. It's disregarded in homes across this land. It's disregarded in the house of God today. There are things in the, in the house of God that folk won't deal with. So here's, here's what I'm driving at here. The Lord has a response, and the response is restitution. Why? Because the Lord has been deprived of an expectation. The expectation was for his word to be reverenced and for people to follow the guidelines in which the Lord has laid out. That's where we're at today in the society that we live in. People have just disregarded God's book, and they, don't know, they wouldn't know where to find one in their house if they had to. And so what I'm saying to you is it's, 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 a, it's a disregard for God's word, but we see that the Lord has a response, and his response is restitution. Why? Because they have forsaken me and have burned incense unto other gods that they might provoke me to anger with all the works of their hands. Therefore my wrath shall be poured out upon this place and shall not be quenched. Now like this, verse 26 says, And add, as for the king of Judah. Now you could put your name in that. The judgment of God is coming. Amen. But as for Brother Gene Bullock, as for Sister Bobby Bullock, as for Miss Barbara or Brother Shane or Sister Tara or Brother Ray, I mean, all of our names could go right here. Said, and as for the King of Judah who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall you say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender. And thou didst humble thyself before God. 
when thou heardest his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes, and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. Neither shall thine eyes see all the evil that I will bring upon this place and upon the inhabitants of the same. So they brought the king word again. So I want to say this, the judgment of God did not disappear. The Lord's response to this situation, this disregard for the word of God, was restitution. Can I say to you, that's the same way today. He's a God of judgment. He's a holy God. We're to be holy for He is holy. You need to understand that. His ho- him being holy hasn't changed. Him having requirements hasn't changed. But here's what I want you to see here. His response is restitution. Restitution because they have forsaken me. But the Bible says in verse 26, And as for the king of Judah who sent you to inquire. So as for you, as for me, how do you stand in this? How do I stand in this in regards to the judgment of God? Listen, we live in a nation today that has forgot God. We, we have churches in this land today who has forgot God. We got preachers today, Brother Gene, that's forgot God. But as for you, see, I like that. See, we're fixing to see some things happen on a national level. But as for you, do you see how quick this went from a national situation to an individual one? Can I say, you don't have to do what everybody else is doing. See, nobody else was interested in God's Word. Nobody else was interested in going to the house of God. Nobody else was interested in what his book had to say until somebody got interested. You don't have to wait for the world to get interested in what God has to say in order for you to get interested in what God has to say. You can get interested in what God has to say now, and although the judgment of God will come upon this land, as for you. As for you, can I say that the Lord put a time out here? The Lord recognized and considered one individual in regards to an entire nation. Listen, a God that's so holy that he will not allow these things to pass still took time, Brother Marvin, to have a time out and consider one man in that one man's regard to the Word of God. As for you, where do you stand in this? The judgment is coming. The restitution, it's going to happen. That is the Lord's response to sin. His response to sin is restitution. But here's what I want you to see. But as for you. So we see a response being restitution. But then we also see that he considers, if you will, this man who, because thine heart was tender, because he was humble before God, because he heard the words against this place, against the inhabitants there, because he humbled himself before the Lord, because he rent his clothes, because he wept, because the word of God broke his heart, we see a God that demands restitution also offers reprieve. So here's what I want you to see. We see that God deals with wrong and right. He disciplines those who are not right. But all oh, the delight of being right. See, in a world when people were not right, in a world where judgment was coming because of sin, Josiah had the ability to be right with his God by taking heed to the word of God, and because of that, we've gone from the response being restitution, which has not changed, to Josiah having a reprieve. Not only did he have a reprieve, but the land in which he lived in did. 
I wonder how many people today in God's house are doing right today that's causing the land in which we live in to have reprieve. Yeah, that's exactly right. Listen, and we're not going to get into this tonight because we're talking about the Lord coming back on Wednesday night. But I'm thankful that the Lord's going to come back before I have to go through some of the things that's coming on this land. So we see a reprieve here. What is a reprieve? It's an interval of ease of relief. An interval is a space of time between any two points. So I like this because judgment was coming Brother Gene, but it wasn't coming on Josiah. That's a beautiful thing. To know that we live in a world sometimes that we can't change. In a world that you and I can't do anything about. And judgment will come on this land. But you and I, although we serve a Lord that's a response to sin is restitution, you and I can have a reprieve based upon how you and I take the word of God and apply it to our life. We live in a land where people don't even want to hear what it has to say. Oh, but it's effectual. If we listen to it, if we consider it, the God that is angry with the world that will not consider his word will take you and I who is humble and concerned and considerate all back up in our little corner of Blunt County all by ourselves. He'll take time out to notice us for that. When we give ourselves to the Lord, Judgment was coming, but Josiah wasn't going to see it. Now let me say this. Hezekiah started out right, but Hezekiah ended wrong. And then we see that he had two generations following him who done wrong. You have Manasseh, probably one of the most wicked kings that ever ruled. Then after Manasseh, you have uh, uh, Josiah's daddy who passed away. Now Josiah, he, he understands that Josiah is trying to do what's right. Josiah had some ideas and, and, and the heart to be right. But he realized even his ideas wasn't enough. He needed the word of God. Our ideas and our, our want to and, and all the things, our motivation. All that's wonderful, but it's nothing if it does not couple with the word of God. It always matters what God has to say about it. And guess what? You won't know what it is if it's laid up in the house of God. And you won't go to the house of God to find it. If you won't listen to the word of God down at your house when they're trying to repair some things down at the house of God. Listen, the house of God is in disrepair today. It needs to be fixed. It needs to be worked on. But we're going to have to take the word of God home with us and listen to it. And let it be effectual in our lives. To make the word of God of utmost importance is what Josiah done. And I'll say this, when he made it of utmost importance, the Lord didn't turn the blind eye to him. Oh yeah, the God of restitution was still out there. But he's also a God of reprieve. And I thank the Lord for that because Josiah was determined that he was going to do right. And Josiah was going to keep things right. Now let's go on here and look. Says, and as for the king of Judah... Who sent you to inquire of the Lord? Verse 26. So shall ye say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender, and thou didst humbly or humble thyself before God, when thou heardest his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes, and weep before me, I have even heard thee also, saith the Lord. Behold, I will gather thee to thy fathers, and thou shalt be gathered to thy grave in peace. 
Neither shall thine eyes see all this evil that I will bring upon this place and upon the inhabitants of the saints. So they brought the king word again. Then the king sent and gathered together all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem. And the king went up into the house of the Lord. So I'm going to go ahead and say here, I don't believe the house of the Lord, Brother Shane, was, was repaired yet. The house of the Lord, as far as I can see, but the Martin's still in disrepair. Can I say to you, if we wait for everything to be right before we get started, we ain't never going to get started. Josiah said it's time right now, today. We need to do something right now. And so here's what he does. He says, And the king went up into the house of the Lord, and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small. And, and this, <laughs> this, for some reason, breaks my heart. It says, And he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. Now I want you to notice what this word has done. This word has, has struck fear in the heart of King Josiah. And King Josiah has heard it, and now he thinks, well, we've got to do something about it. So he sends to inquire of the Lord concerning the judgment that is to come. And it made such an impact, Brother Marvin, that when he found the book that had laid so long with dust upon it, it wasn't good enough for him just to hear what was in the book, Brother Gene. But now he's determined that he's going to get them all together. And every one of them is going to stand before him because he has the authority to do it, you see. And if what authority we have, we ought to use it for the glory and for the honor of God. And I dare say if you had a little authority and used it for his glory and honor, he might give you a little bit more to do more with it. But I want you to see here that he gathers all the people together. And the king went up into the house of the Lord and all the men of Judah and the inhabitants of Jerusalem and the priests and the Levites and all the people, great and small, and he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house of the Lord. He wanted them to have what he had. Not only to know and to understand, but to have the ability, Brother Shane, to do something with it. The Bible says here, and the king stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and with all his soul to perform the words of the covenant which are written in this book. And he caused all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of the countries that pertained to the children of Israel. The word of God will cause you to clean things up. See, he was in a cleanup mode. He was out there at Brother Shane doing all that he could do to get rid of the high places. And the Bible said that when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Why? Because his job was done. He completed what he set out to do. The problem is he wasn't done. He just thought he was. But when you point yourself towards God and get rid of the idols and you consider God, then you find the book and you hear what he has to say. What you thought was cleaned up is really still a dirty pile of mess. And you still need to go back yet again and get out the broom and look behind the corners and under the couch and behind the TV and in the closet and find out where the dirty's at, friend, because you thought you were done, but you're not done. 
There's a lot of people that act like they're all right with God, but they've got a mess in their life that they claim is okay that they need to clean up and get rid of. And the Word of God will help you find those things. He thought he was done. He went back to Jerusalem until the Word of God got effectual. Then when the Word of God, God got effectual, he said, And Josiah took away all the abominations out of all the countries that pertain to the children of Israel and made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And all his days they departed not from, the fo- from following the Lord, the God of their fathers. Moreover, Josiah kept a Passover unto the Lord in Jerusalem. And they killed the Passover on the 14th day of the first month. You know what's happening is they're back to looking at the requirement for sin again. They're back to looking at the blood again. It'd be good if you and I could get back to seeing sin for what it is and then seeing the, 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 the need to get that fixed with the Lord. Then the Bible says, I like this, and he set the priests in their charges and encouraged them to the service of the house of the Lord. As long as Josiah was king for the Marvin, Josiah took the people that was put in their positions and he encouraged them. He was there to push them on, to pull them on, to lead them in the right direction and encourage them in the place where they were to stand. Can I say getting right with God will encourage you, but it will also encourage you to encourage others to stay right with God. And so here's what I want you to see. We find a man that had a reaction. And his reaction created a reverence, if you will. Because of what he had read, uh, it created this reaction of reverence. We see the Lord's response. His response is restitution. But because of the action of this one man and how he responded to the word of God, we see a reprieve. But I also want you to see, we see repetitiveness. Say, what do you mean? Well, he already heard the word of God, but we find that he stood in his place and made a covenant before the Lord to walk after the Lord. We found in verse 30 that he read in their ears all the words of the book of the covenant that was found in the house. Lord, he'd already heard it, Brother Shane. He'd already heard it. Why do we need to hear it again? Listen, we've heard it and heard it and heard it and heard it, and I'm still glad to listen to the blessed old story. The old story never grows old. It's still what we need today. We don't need something new. We need what's old, and we need it afresh today, friend. And so here's what I want you to see. We see a repetitiveness. So his reaction is reverence. But we also see his reaction is repetitiveness. He sees the importance of continuing over and over and over again to giving heed and reading that of the Word of God. He read it and reread it and reread it and reread it and taught it and reread it some more. You and I, it's not good for us just to read it every now and again, but we need to read it and reread it and reread it and allow it to work in our hearts. So we see here because of his repetitiveness, he's not only, he, he has a desire for others to be right. Then this is what I want you to see here. The Bible says in verse 32, he calls all that were present in Jerusalem and Benjamin to stand to it. And the inhabitants of Jerusalem did according to the covenant of God, the God of their fathers. And Josiah took away all the abominations out of the countries that pertain to the children of Israel. And made all that were present in Israel to serve, even to serve the Lord their God. And I love this. And all his days they departed not from following the Lord, the God their father. So not only was he a man of reaction, not only did he let the word of God do something in his heart, 
But the Word of God caused him to, to have a reverence, a healthy fear of the Lord and the judgment that, it would, that he would bring. And because of that, he was a man of repetition. He was to repeat over and over what the Word of God had to say. He wasn't a priest. He was a king. And he took it such importance that he marched himself down to the house of God, stood before the people, and began to proclaim the book. He wanted to make sure it got done, and it got done right. So he was a man of repetition. Then he was a man of resolution. Resolution is fixed purpose or determination of mind. What I want you to see is he had resolved himself to the things of God. He was sold out. Repetition in the word of God for the gene will keep you where you need to be in line with God. Without the repetition of it, you will not stay faithful to God. I cannot for the shame. It is impossible for me to stay faithful to my Savior if I do not stay in his book. For it is the book that instills the fear. There was no fear in Josiah. There was a desire for things that were right in his own eyes, but there was no fear. The Word of God will show you what is truly right. It will instill, instill fear in you. And if you have fear, friend, you will reverence God's Word. But he was a man of repetition, a man that would read the Word of God over and over, but he was a man of revolution, resolution, a man of resolve. Do you know why? Because he understood what was at stake. So not only did he have a desire to be right, not only did he have a desire for others who are right, but now we see that he has a desire for others to be right, but he has a desire to stay right. So it's good to have a desire to be right, but it's better to have a desire to stay right. And you and I, if you're right tonight, and I don't know who's here and who's listening to what, I don't know what you need tonight. I'm just preaching what God laid on my heart. But if you're right with God, hallelujah. But you better resolve to stay right. And to stay right means that you're going to have to stay in the book. Brother Gene, if I get out of the lives of this Bible for a short period of time, I'm going to fall on my face. I'm going to have rug burn on my nose. I'm going to mess this whole thing up. I'll not be able to leave the church. You won't be able to leave your home. Listen, if you have to be poked and prodded and begged to read God's Word and study it, friend, you need to get right with God. The devil's done got you in the crosshairs, and he's fixing to pull the trigger on you, and you're going to find yourself in a world of hurt that might possibly get you to a place that you cannot back up from. We better be repetitive. Don't read it for a little while and then quit. Read that thing. Read that thing. Read that thing. I often think about and I don't know the story and I won't be able to tell it to you the exact way that I remembered or probably heard it. But I, I think about the, the man that had the, uh, the dirty dish pan. And it had holes in it. You know, like a strainer that you put spaghetti or something in. And it was dirty, and they sent him down there to the creek to get some water. And he ran down there, and he ran it in the creek, and by the time he got back, there wasn't no water in it anymore. So they sent him back down there, and after about four or five trips, he gave up. He said, this thing won't hold any water. He said, boy, but it sure is clean. And the thing I'm trying to say to you, you may not gain everything or understand everything that you read. You may not remember everything about what you're reading. But if the repetition, friend, it'll keep your life clean and in a place where God can continue to use you. And as you grow and learn more about God and learn more about the Scripture, you will retain more. It is line upon line, precept upon precept. There are scriptures that I read today, Brother Ray, that I have read a million times that I'll see a nugget every once in a while in the Word of God that I had never noticed before. I mean familiar scripture. 
But as long as I read that scripture with repetitiveness, that obligation, and not really considering what it's saying to me, I may never find out what the Lord's wanting to show me. But when I start caring, the idea here tonight and then this morning is to care about what God has to say. And when you care about what God has to say, He'll throw a big time out right there and say, Oh, I'm a God of restitution, but I am a God of reprieve. And I'll tell you right now, friend, my life has been in a state of reprieve to a God that is a God of restitution because I have decided that I'm going to follow Him. I have decided to follow Him. I'm going to follow Him whether you do or whether you don't. I'm going to follow Him whether I pastor this church or whether I don't. I've got a family that depends on it, friend. I can't make it a day without Jesus. I can't make it a day without His Word. I have to have it. Because if I don't, I'll find myself at some point, Brother Shane, where the Bible has been left at the house of God. I no longer have a concern for it. I no longer read it. I no longer see the need to go. Why? Because I just don't care. And friend, when you just don't care, the God of restitution, you need to understand, He will not, He will not give reprieve just for the sake of giving reprieve. If you want the Lord to work in your life, and you want the Lord to help you, listen, the Lord will take notice. Why? Because what He's after all along is for your heart to be humble and tender towards Him. The heart of Josiah was, listen, the Bible says, and that's for the king of Judah, who sent you to inquire of the Lord, so shall you say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God of Israel, concerning the words which thou hast heard, because thine heart was tender. Oh, it wasn't just a decision to be made. It come from a tender heart. This man had his heart broke. And the Bible says that is humble thyself before God. He didn't humble himself before people. Now listen, he went down to the house of God and stood before everybody, right? But when he got his heart right with God, he wasn't before everybody. He was listening to the word of God as it was spoke to him. He didn't have nothing to gain. It broke his heart and he got right. And the Bible said here, when thou heardest his words against this place and against the inhabitants thereof, and humblest thyself before me and didst rend thy clothes, and weep before me. Don't you tell me that God doesn't see your tears. I don't know what the hang-up is with some people in crying. I have no idea what, what that's all about. There's some people that act like you're not supposed to cry. But I'll say this, if the Lord ever massages your heart in the way that he's massaged mine, you won't be able to help but have tears rolling down your cheeks. And the Lord looks at the tears and says, how do you know? Because we see right here that the Bible says, and humbles thyself before me, and didst rend thy clothes and weep before me. You're not going to trick the Lord. You're not going to joke the Lord. He already sees your heart. Listen to me, the word of God, it'll make a difference. We're going to have to get to the place again where we care about what God has to say. He's a God of restitution. But I thank the Lord that he's a God of reprieve. Let's all stand to our feet. Sister, if you'll come to the piano and play something softly, every head bowed, every eye closed. No one looking around tonight. Maybe you could honestly say tonight that you're right with the Lord. You have no issues. You study your Bible. You love the Lord. You want to do what's right. You have a concern for the lost. Maybe the Lord would be able to agree with you on that. Let me say this, friend. The dangers of getting away from the Lord. You're never that far away from turning your back on God. 
The finest of men, I've seen the finest of men and the finest of women find themselves in such a shape all because they quit caring what God had to say about something. Can I ask you a question tonight? How much do you care about what God had to say?